Hey guys, it's Chris Bircher, Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is my Curiosity interview series number seven with Dan Tassone. And Dan came to me a little bit differently. He is a friend of a friend. And uh, I really uh, wanted to interview my buddy Willie. And we just had some Willie Bryan. You'll hear us talk about him a little bit in this interview. Uh, One of my best friends in the whole world. And we just couldn't make it work out uh, time-wise. And uh, he knows Dan Tassone, the interviewee today, and was just like, dude, this is one of the most curious guys I've ever known. Hey, you might want to check him out just for a different angle um, and maybe this is going to work out. And I just thought, sure, of course, obviously this is the thing. <laughs> and Dan was uh, open. And it's it's interesting because unlike most of my, the first six interviews, I guess maybe, no, pretty much all of them uh, have an interest in um, uh, promoting themselves or maybe like Paul Godall, the first one, he's currently writing a book, and he's got some some bigger things coming in the future. And uh, although he doesn't have a platform, um, you know, the interview series is good for him because it's it's what he does, talking about these subjects like curiosity. And everybody else has some sort of a social media platform, website, product to sell, or something like that, or coaching. Um, and so Dan has none of that. <laughs> there will be no social media links in the blog uh, unless you want to hunt him down on Facebook and and be friends with him. But um, he's just a regular guy. Kind of interesting, w- w- being in the time of a pandemic, he is a pharmacist, but not in the way that you think. And we talk about this, but I'll give you a little bit of heads up. He's a hospitalist pharmacist and works at a hospital, and he's got a really crazy way of how he came about, came into it. Rather than most pharmacists sort of going to pharmacy school and then right on to the retail pharmacy chain uh, career path, uh, Dan did some really interesting things, and he knows a lot about um, COVID and vaccines, and he's done a lot of that work, and he, and he and it's a great lesson. There's about five or ten minutes of this interview where he will explain to you how the vaccines work, what CRISPR is, and some other cool stuff. But more than that, this interview, to me, illustrates that you know everybody's curious. It isn't just about leveraging curiosity for some goal, but that we have an innate or some of us, and I think all of us at a young age, and and some of us carry this into adulthood, are driven by this curiosity, and Dan's is infectious. Um, And so it's it's a really neat um, derivation of these curiosity interviews, and I think sort of represents um, another facet of human curiosity. And uh, I really enjoyed meeting Dan. It's, It's one of these things where if you ran into him at a bar or in the grocery store or whatever your thing is, and you just sort of um, ended up in a conversation with him or behind him in line or something and asked what he did, you'd be there for an hour because you would be, um, his curiosity is infectious. And so it would, it would come into you. And I, and I don't know, at least that was my experience. And I hope, hopefully you have a similar one. And so it is my pleasure to uh, introduce you to Dan Tassone. And I hope that you enjoy the Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom Curiosity Interview number seven. And uh, as always, I appreciate you guys, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Cool. How do you tell, pronounce your last name? Does it pronounce like it sounds? Yeah, it's Tassone. Just like um, some people say Tassoni. Some people say <laughs> Tassone. Tassone. Yeah, Tassone. I've, I've heard all of that before. Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, Bircher is not a very common name, but most of the time people freeze. Yeah, because they're just afraid. Butcher it. Oh, sweet Legos! I dig it. Yeah, this is. Um, we just redid my son's room over the over the 
COVID summer. Yeah. And, uh, he, he just turned 13. So we uh, got all the Legos out of his room. But, you know, there's a rule in the house. If we have a Lego that's more than $50, then we're going to craggle it. I mean, we're going to like not take it apart. <laughs> craggle. And this is the, the Lego room right now. Right. That's awesome. Office. That's cool. Right. Well, yeah. Th thanks for doing this. It's so funny because Brian just has a way of like, uh, I mean, he told me a long time ago, he's like, I know who you should interview. <laughs> and then, you know, time went by, but uh, yeah. I can already tell, I can already tell you got, you and I would get along well. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. He was that's telling just... me all about you. So. Oh, great. Now, yeah. where do you live at? I'm in Abingdon, which um, even as a Virginian, you may not know where that is. <laughs> I, yes, I do know where that's oh, at awesome. because I was looking for vaccines for my mother and that's on the far very corner of the western part of the state isn't it yeah, yeah for, for uh, tennessee is like 10 minutes north yeah. carolina is probably 15 uh-huh yeah as the crow flies west virginia and kentucky are close but you got to go through mountains and coal fields to get there so it takes forever yeah absolutely <laughs> but i lived in I, I lived in richmond for i went to vcu got my master's at uh -huh. vcu and uh, obviously brian and i knew each other in blacksburg years ago yeah yeah and how do you guys know, know each other? Um, from living in the, the same neighborhood. Oh yeah, um, okay. So we've he he had a lot of pig pickings where we would yeah. stay up all night. We'd like cook the pig <laughs> and flip the pig. So it was. And then the next day we were just feeling like crap, <laughs> you know, drinking too much and hanging yeah. out way too long. Yes, but so, that was, that's that's the God that seems like forever ago with COVID. I mean, yeah, it just seems yeah. like that doesn't, it's so weird. Yeah, I've heard those stories, uh, yeah. you know, of the pig pickings. And I've been to this house a few times and mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know how much you know about this or don't, but um, I do this podcast just because I'm, yeah. most of the time it's just me. But uh, yeah. a dude, a, a dude um, reached out to me one time, like by the first person that ever like got in touch with me about it. And mm -hmm. he said, your podcast makes me curious. And we yeah. talked about that for a while. And I thought, I bet that'd be cool just to like meet people for the first time. Sometimes knowing something about them, sometimes not. Right. And just And just see where that goes. Being yeah. informed, being informed by sort of, you know, your context, like who you are uh -huh. and what you do and all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah. But that, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I, I I released the third one Friday, and I think you'll mm -hmm. be number seven. Okay, Contest. that's great. Now I think it's a great idea because you just let it go to, you know, where it goes, and who knows where it's going to go. Yeah, like when you know, I Brian, um, when I called him, I was like, "Will you just help me practice? I've never done a Zoom and recorded it to see how it's all going to uh -huh. work out." And that one. You know, he he actually he'd had a few beers and he said a few things he he didn't want necessarily to go public. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I'm gonna release this one. <laughs> but it's it's just because because we were just shooting the shit. I mean, it's just yeah. So, uh, and uh, and with COVID and where I am, I mean, you know, how are you gonna meet new people in a county of forty thousand people? You know, after ten years, I kind of know everybody. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, a whole uh, different it's, world. It's tough. Well, so so just if you can give me some of your, I mean, you told me, uh, you know, I, my first wife was a pharmacist. So when I think of pharmacy, oh, I great. think of, of CVS, but you do uh -huh. 
not that. <laughs> right. right. You're not a retail. So why don't you, if you can tell us a little bit about what you do, you know, that okay. may help, help people contextualize who you are. Great. Well, no, I've been at a pharmacy school now since 2004. Um, but even at that time, there was really a push for pharmacists to do residencies, which is an extra year of uh, a specialty training, usually in a hospital or, or out in the community. And after that, you can go and keep on training to learn to specialize in something. So pharmacy school right now is typically having three years or a whole undergrad degree. I have a, a chemistry degree and then um, moved on to pharmacy, which was an additional four years. I did a residency program here in Richmond at the VA, um, a Hunter Holmes McGuire VA. Uh, and that was mostly in diabetes management and blood pressure management, all these chronic disease state managements. Um, I wanted to teach after doing my residency. Mm -hmm. So I went to Wingate, North Carolina, oh, yeah. a small pharmacy school there. Uh, I taught there. I helped that school open up. It didn't even have an, an actual graduating class yet. Uh, so my first job was to start a, a clinic uh, and then to treat patients and then also teach the neurology lecture series to the pharmacy students, which was not my, my strong point. But yeah. <laughs> I had to learn along the way and come up with a, you know, a, a, a 20 uh, class um, lecture series. And uh, that was a challenge, but Heck yeah. Uh, got it done. Um, <laughs> then VCU opened up its satellite campus in Northern Virginia. That's my alma mater. Uh, so I helped that program start a satellite campus with the Inova Fairfax Hospital. And that's where I got into infectious disease. I had started a practice up there uh, in an infectious disease clinic, um, seeing HIV patients and um, viral uh, hepatology type patients. And really getting to know that that population uh, was really rewarding to me. Then we moved back down here to Richmond, Virginia, where I got into the HIV and infectious disease clinic back in 2010. Uh, I see uh, HIV patients in our clinic uh, once or twice a week. I helped treat over 1200 uh, hepatitis C patients and cured 96% of them wow, uh, with crap. these great new drugs. Uh, and now with the coronavirus and being an infectious disease pharmacist, I've helped the medical teams pick the regimens to treat our patients. Um, I, I'm more like an advisor. I get calls from medical teams about what kind of antibiotic should we use for this patient for this type of infection is that drug gonna have good penetration into the brain or to the lungs? Do we have to worry about the patient's kidney function and dose it appropriately? And now I'm also helping with the vaccine clinic at our hospital um, and with the rollout of that. And actually at times pulling up doses and give yeah. them uh, to our providers to give to patients. So I think I've seen COVID from the very beginning to you know, now the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's, it's, it's amazing because, and I see this is how this curiosity is 
conversation is going to go. But <laughs> um, I've just kind of seen the entire spectrum uh, over the last year, and that's been very rewarding to me. But can you imagine living in a world that is your specialty? Let's say if your specialty or, or you love music, but music is your, your job is 24 seven. All your friends are asking you about music. All your family's asking you about music. You got to come home and play music. Even when you're not playing out on stage, you have to think about music all the time. And if you're passionate about something, yeah, that's good. But at the same time, I'm starting to feel a little bit tired because every <laughs> night before I go to bed, I have to read about a new drug that came out or another study. When I wake up in the morning, I have to look at my phone and see what's going on because damn it, somebody is going to ask me by the end of the day, what do I wow. think about this or that? So it feels like the spotlight is on you 100% of the time. And um, that could be taxing, but it's also very um, um, invigorate. It's you, you're just always on and you're learning something new every day and you're using it right then and there every day in, in real time. So. Yeah, that's, that wow. is fascinating. I mean, that, that, and well, and that, what you just said, we could take off in a completely different direction that has nothing to do with COVID Yeah, because that whole idea of if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But right. The thought, but the thought of, even doing what I love, like take music as a good example, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at some point, and, and I think that links back into curiosity, like, do you find that when you look at your phone this morning and say something interesting, you know, the governor of Texas now says we're cured, you know, right. Does that, does uh -huh. that still trigger curiosity or is that triggering some, <laughs> some other emotion? Yeah. No, that's a bad example, but I mean, I know, a, no, a new, yes, a new yeah. drug. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's, that's funny that you say that because um, maybe someone who has a political career and they have to stay up on top of things, how something could make them so angry. Uh, and I do get angry on a daily basis from some of the things that I hear and, um, and how misinformed some people are. And that's frustrating to me. And I know that would be frustrating to you because you really or person, uh, we're like-minded that we want to empower people with knowledge. So that way they can make logical, smart decisions that will just not be good for them, but good for, for everybody. And there's just not a lot of that, you know, <laughs> going around. This has really taught us that there's a problem with humanity and <laughs> I really don't have a lot of hope for humanity right well, now. Well, it is funny how COVID is this like shined this light on, you know, I, and I think I did an episode on this and I tried to couch it in a positive way. What have we learned from COVID? But certainly yeah. I think one of the things we've learned is that, you know, I, my background is science. I've got a, you know, ecology yeah. background, multiple mm -hmm. degrees. So I, yeah. I fundamentally believe in that as a useful tool. And then to see <laughs> how it is treated by the public. And for you, you know, yeah. here's, here's someone that's trying to help the human race. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's, yeah. I don't think that's an exaggeration all the way down to the individual. And then, I mean, it's like you're handing out food to the homeless or something. And they're like, no, I, I don't want that. I want fries or, you know, give me yeah. a bottle and of liquor. It, How, how's that? It, 
<laughs> it, it is just simply how do you package your message for for anything sometimes you i feel just like a used car salesman now one example is we do heart transplants now uh, at the hospital with the heart has come from a person who died that had hepatitis c and we give that heart that has maybe a little bit of hepatitis c into it to a person who needs that heart that doesn't have hepatitis C. So I tell this patient, I say, hey, you can get a heart sooner if you take this heart that has hepatitis C, and then I'm gonna treat you right away. And I have about a 99% chance of curing that hepatitis C that we just gave you. Um, and to package it in a certain way that they're gonna understand is just so rewarding. And the same thing goes with the vaccine now. So many people say, I don't want it, it's so new. And I'm just, I don't get upset at them and just wanna educate them and say, hey, this is your chance. This is like liquid gold and we're offering this to you uh, and trying to open up their eyes so that they can understand the science and make that good decision for themselves is uh, you know, one of my major goals every day. Well, that's pretty awesome because I mean, I find, that my scientific background has hasn't made me um, that uh, I don't know what the word is patient maybe like yeah. I don't want to I don't want to have to go through the marketing exercise I I just yeah. well and I don't and I'm saying it all all the time but I guess and maybe I'm blaming other scientists for this because the academics I was around certainly had that attitude look here's mm -hmm. the paper I published you right. go read it. Yeah, I always thought, mm, I think we have some responsibility to somehow communicate this in a different way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 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 most of the people I was around didn't have that. Um, yeah, you know, they, they just put up. I don't, I don't know. So that's cool that you take that extra step. Do you see that your colleagues or the people you work with, do they have that sort of mindset? Or are they of the, you know, read the paper? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like that you, you can think of your own um, visits to the doctors over the you know the last several years they're just people who have better bedside manner than others yeah yeah right right and really doing that's called the you know the the translational science that there's a whole field in that taking it from the bench to the clinic and then to explaining it to people so clinicians and the, the public will yeah. use that information so um but yeah no there's there's patients in the HIV clinic. They're like, I don't want to see that provider today uh, because you know they rub me the wrong way, or, or <laughs> yeah. you know they they just kind of tell me what to do. Like with your ex-wife being a, a pharmacist, she probably you know the big thing is, well, did you take your medication today or not? And there's two methods about that. You either have the compliant, uh, are you compliant or are you adherent? And compliant means, did you take your medication? Yeah. And you're, you're acting like a drill sergeant to the person. And they're going to be mm -hmm. like scared compared to adherence. That's more so like working with the patient and saying, well, what kind of barriers do you have to taking your medication? And that's the lane that I like to travel. Yeah, it's sure. trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with the key of being, you know, empathetic and 
really trying to, to solve what, what are the barriers for educating your patients and, and the public? Well, it sounds like that might be because you're curious, you know, trying mm -hmm. to figure out the way to do this versus somebody who just says they should know <laughs> or, or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, that's, I wonder to, I, and so one of the things I, I ask every guest is, you know, what role do you think that curiosity has played on you becoming, you know, a, a professional caregiver? I, I don't know what your yeah. pharmacist, pharmacist sounds way, you yeah. know, below your pay grade. You sound like you do it's, a lot more. <laughs> than I, just... <laughs> I am, I'm a, a, cl a clinical pharmacy specialist, um, but by trade, I'm a proud pharmacist and proud of the uh, the profession, the, the most trusted profession yeah. out there. Well, that's another um, element too, that you, you guys, I think doctors and pharmacy, you do have that bedside manner and that is actually mm -hmm. part of your training, right? I mean, you yeah. actually have to have some of the, so. Yeah, yeah. Not all the sciences have that. <laughs> but the, yeah, we do spend some time um, doing that kind of stuff our communication skills. But really when, it, when I think about curiosity and what led me into the, the profession is just it's, I always knew um, that I loved science. Um, even before I could really read, I would pick up the National Geographics uh, that, that we had around the house and I would pretend that I was like reading them with my finger. <laughs> and That's cool. of course, um, um, Cosmos would, would come on as a kid and we would uh, watch that, me and my older brothers, uh, and that had a lot of influence. So science in general has always been my curiosity, you know, always questioning, you know, why do things really work? Uh, and, you know, it's, and I guess I've, I always wanted to discover something as well, and that's my my curiosity too to to find that that big discovery that you know these scientists make. But now it's just so dang hard because it seems like everybody discovered everything out there. <laughs> yeah. So you got to get like a you got to look think look at things at a um, microscopic level right now or, or quantum level to actually yeah. uh, like discover anything new. Um, but really, that that's what it is. Just my my love and passion for science and all sciences had had led me here to to you know where I'm at today. Um. Well, it's good. It's cool to to understand that side of pharmacy because my my first wife literally all all I ever saw was the, was a retail. You know, I always thought, wow, she yeah. just she might as well be selling car parts. Yeah. Know? it's the same job, but that's, you know, working for a major chain and, and doing that right. grind. But my, and she was, but, she was probably pulling her hair out because yeah, there's a lot of insurance and uh, yeah, it's just mostly business <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everybody's yelling at you. <laughs> well, and now my, my, my wife, current wife, I, I don't know what uh -huh. to call, I mean, my wife, you know, yeah, she, your wife, uh, yeah. she, she's an anesthesiologist and mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden I see her profession kind of take going that direction. I don't know if you have yeah. this and what you do, but oh yeah. She's she's burning out on well, let's see if I can say this the right way. I mean, her job used to be 80% her job and 20% mm -hmm. BS admin notes, yeah. whatever. And now I'd say that's flipped. You know, 20% yeah. of what she does is her job, what she went to school for, 
what she's curious about, what she's good at, and this weight of all of this. So, it, I mean, I'm not saying she's um, a, a used or a car parts saleswoman, but it's a different, it's not the job. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, do you experience that too at these different places that you work? Like the, I mean, the VA and the now, universities. What's, what's really fortunate about my job is that it's so specialized that my boss or no one really knows exactly what I really do, which gives me the freedom to be like, I'm curious or I'm interested about how that data looks. And then I'll collect data, I'll put it in an Excel spreadsheet. I'm like, this looks like something that we could do like a small project on. Oh. And, um, you know, we'll start gathering data and do the pilot project and see if we could make changes in maybe how the providers are prescribing antibiotics or, you know, maybe this is causing more diarrhea in people. And me having that freedom and that leeway to look and be curious uh, about different things is, ex you know, extremely important to my job satisfaction. And that's why I'll never leave this, this specific job because I feel like I get to do what I want uh, in that along with my other activities that are required yeah, and answering questions here and there. I'm just not sitting at my computer yeah. like, all right, what am I going to do today? You know, I have all well, this spare time. But. Well, I could totally appreciate it. I can, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I've never figured out how people find their way into those types of positions where you literally can sort of yeah. follow your passion or your curiosity into whatever and still benefit you know, yeah. the company or your role or, 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 or you're serving. Um, that's amazing. That's congratulations. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. The part of that is I'm much like you. I, I was not a, uh, big team player. I mean, I was on the wrestling team, which is more of an individual sport or, you know, doing Taekwondo or, you know, my sports were more like an individual and mm -hmm. I tend to work better, you know, by myself. And, uh, compared to having to deal with a lot of people or manage a lot of people, then you lose that ability to, you know, kind of do what you want. Yeah, you know, no, that's, uh, that's thing awesome. Going on. Cause yeah, some... Oh, I'm done. Yeah. But, well, no, I mean, somebody told me, I remember getting kind of uh, chastised by one of my committee members and saying, you know, you're a lone, you're a lone wolf and yeah. you can't do that anymore in, uh -huh. this, in academia. You've got to, figure out how to play on teams. And I remember just being crushed, like, yeah, no, 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 no. That's not the job I wanted, you know, eight yeah. years ago when I started this uh -huh. career, I wanted to, you know, I don't want other people getting in my way or uh, right. I don't know. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing that, you know, the, do you think somebody recognized that in you or was that the position and they hired you for it? Or did it just sort of develop because, you know, like a high, was it your personality or yeah. was it the, was it the job? Right. Well, previously, we didn't have an infectious disease job at the hospital. I was hired originally um, to get on an RV and work with a small team to go to the uh, six different Native American tribes around Richmond and help with wow. primary care. So we'd get out there early in the morning, wow. I'd help set up the RV, and they would call me the Chickahominy, the Eastern Chickahominy, the Mattapanai. Uh, a few of them would say, oh, here comes the medicine man, just as a joke, you wow, know, because they knew that's... I was like the pharmacist. 
So it was, that was more of a short-lived project, uh, but that, that was really great to get out in that community. But during my spare time, I would offer to work in the HIV clinic. And then I said, well, we should go ahead and move forward with this position. And so I, that, I got to turn it into to what I wanted to uh, along the way, um, which, was, um, which was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. But, 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 but you had, you know, you, you can't just, that's not passive, right? I mean, you had a vision for it. I mean, you yeah. knew what to turn it into too. That's right. Uh, because right. I, you, I mean, the way, if you, if you generalize sort of your statement about what you do and maybe, you know, tweaked it a little bit for the details, it sounds like a dream job to me and yeah. I'm sure to, to yeah. tons of other people. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess some people are satisfied uh, selling car parts. Okay. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't think so. I don't know how. <laughs> um, well, so, so I just met this dude uh, through LinkedIn, which is, you know, I'll, I'll, my whole life in the last six months from doing this, these interviews, really, I've, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people have turned me on to new things and LinkedIn is one of them. And I've, yeah. and I've met a couple of people on there. And there's a guy on there who, um, whose mission and well, how do I say this without, you know, taking up all your time? He, um, right. he, he got fed up with the rat race, so to speak. He was in science academia for 30 years. Right. And then one day decided, I'm going to sort of take a sabbatical, give up mm -hmm. cell phone, give up all media, give up all contact with people and sort of do this three year isolation meditation. And he came out yeah. of that with this mission that says, you know, and anyone who's not doing the job that they like you and your job, anybody who doesn't uh -huh. have this relationship with their job needs to quit. Yeah, right, right now and do something mm -hmm. else. And uh, but we can't all do that. <laughs> No, no, we, yeah, we, if you have young kids, a family, I mean, it, it makes it difficult, but that, that's what it seems like. I mean, life is so short. You should just get up and do what you need to do. Actually, when I was leaving work today, um, a vet, there was someone who did die in the hospital. Uh, and I leave through the basement and I saw the body, you know, rolling past me. Uh, today to the to the hearse and you know I try to take a second uh, to pay my respects but at the same time then you you know you question your own uh, mortality there and you say you know is this a good day am I doing what I should be doing uh, and just like your friend on wow. LinkedIn he's like well time is really short <laughs> you know let's not waste it uh, because we're all going to be there someday yeah, that's exactly it's that's it's funny where, how, how we arrive there because that's exactly where I am is sort of and, and I look at my wife, you know, mm -hmm. both of us, you spend 12 years doing this thing, you finally get the thing and the, either the thing changes or you change. Yeah, or just the the. Huh. Oh, that's funny. Because you've got I'll cut this out because you've got oh. we've got three people on. Zoom has a 40 minute limit. Uh, oh no. Well, but oh, no, we, I, I mean, that. okay. Uh, right. We can just, we can just start it over if it, if it cuts us okay. off. I just got a little message. Right. Um, but so, uh, yeah, so my, you know, and I, I, I quit academia really to be a stay at home dad uh -huh. because I was, we were burning the candle on both ends, two professionals. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. But um, now I sort of, but I'm, 
I was also burning out on the job. I mean, uh-huh. it's just, it wasn't, but my, I watched my wife do this with medicine now. You know, she's, I mean, she yeah. is ar- arguably not, no bias. She is an awesome doctor. She's uh-huh. just in, incredible, but she, she hates her job yeah, yeah. B- because of what it's become. And so yeah. I watch her and I'm like, you really need to change something. I don't, it's I don't not, know. It's not worth it. Yeah. Working 12 hour not- days and. And the call schedule. I mean, I think she did the math. It's something like over the next 10 days or something, she's working something like 90. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, what do you do? I mean, because I'm the hippie guy on the one side going, just uh-huh. quit. We'll be okay. Yeah. But like you said, when you, like we got four kids and, and, you know, how do you, how do you drag everybody else into that trip? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, t- it takes some, some math. But um, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's important. And if you have, you know, a spouse or a partner that is on board with it and everybody's on board, then, yeah, you have to take care of, of yourself. And um, we only live once. But that kind of goes back to, to this job that I'm in right now. It's very intense. I'm working it extremely hard. But again, since it's something that I like, I'm... I'm okay with working hard. Yeah. I'm okay with staying late and I'm okay with, with, and definitely okay with helping uh, the patients and the population. Um, but who knows if that's going to last forever. There's one thing that I hate though, is I hate, yeah, uh, a job that just seems like it's the same thing every day. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. And I start getting idle hands and I feel like, you know, it, it, that just seems like it get, can get you in trouble. I wonder if that's a, a, a artifact of being a curious person. I remember when I worked mm-hmm. in a pet store, it sounds pretty benign, but I, mean, I learned a lot working at the pet store and I liked it. But one day I literally was just staring out the window and I thought to myself, there's nothing that's going to happen today that hasn't already happened. Yeah. I've, liter- I've yeah. literally seen, and there's a lot of shit you can see in the pet industry. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and I literally, I just had that, I knew with all of me that that was a true statement. And, and yeah. that's the, you know, quickly thereafter, I found something else to do instead of yeah. that because I knew well, it wasn't going to give me anything or. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like most pharmacists and a lot of scientists, uh, they might be a type personality. Uh, I'm definitely not. I think I'm like a Z type personality. <laughs> if you put instructions in front of me, mentally, I have a, a problem dealing with that. I'm a kind of person that I just have to do it myself. And by doing it myself, I'm going to get it wrong the first couple of times. Um, But man, I have a fun time like making those mistakes. And I learned so much uh, along the way. But if I'm working with others, though, then that's kind of difficult because they see it as chaos. So I feel like in my mind, I bring chaos to the world and can mix things up but that doesn't work so great in healthcare because i don't want to kill anybody uh there's not much room for error there um but um i can relate to that we make mistakes i I can relate to that a thousand percent and my wife is super type a and uh we talk about this all the time it's like we complement each other so well because she does Uh rein in a little bit of my chaos yeah and i you know open up a little bit of her yeah. For, so I don't know how that's going to work with her job, but yeah, <laughs> we're on a, that's a basically, good. well, and basically we've decided 
my third daughter, there's 10 years between my third and fourth. So when the third mm-hmm. daughter goes to college, we're going to, we're, we're trying to make a move now so that we'll be able to, for her to quit uh, and figure right, out, right. figure out something else. Yeah. And I guess that's what people do is you, yeah. you say, well, we can't just, you know, clean break because of all this right. machine, right. the battleship. But um, yeah, we'll try something. No, but one it, thing I wanted to ask you, and and, may, and that maybe this is like moving the conversation in a bad direction, but I'm uh-huh. I'm so um, amazed or impressed by this CRISPR thing. Um, and and oh, that's I was, was going to talk about that actually. Yeah, awesome. Well, they, they go for it because, and I'll just say my <laughs> sort of understanding. Somebody came up to me and said, you know. I, I got the second, I've had, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. I've had two rounds of uh-huh. Pfizer and okay. uh, somebody else was talking. I got so sick and I was like, how could you get sick? They didn't put any virus in you. Like how are people having right. side effects? But I guess any, anyway, uh-huh. so it's not, some people might not know that it isn't a dead virus that you're getting, <laughs> right? Well, well, actually it is. Um, ah. So CRISPR technology is something that's completely different from what's going on with these vaccines. So oh. if we're going to talk about the mRNA vaccine versus the Johnson and Johnson vaccine or the, um, you know, Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, those are called viral vector vaccines. Um, so with the mRNA vaccines, you have this big little fat bubble and inside it is messenger RNA. And RNA versus DNA, RNA is very flimsy. It's kind of like a, a magazine of information compared to DNA. DNA is like a hardbound book that, you know, how back in middle school or grade school, your parents would cover it with you know, a, a bag to protect it even more. Um, but it's a real solid way to, to store information with DNA. So this RNA virus, it gets into your cell. And then what it does is that RNA just gets translated to just protein. And the protein that comes out looks like part of the, the spike protein of the virus. And that buds its way out of the cell. And then your immune system notices that there's something funky there. It starts to gobble it up. And then eventually it's going to start producing antibodies. So that's not reproducing any part of uh, the active virus. It's only producing what's like part of the fingernail of the virus. (laughs) And it's not going to continually replicate this fingernail forever. So there's no changing of your RNA or there's no changing of your, your DNA because uh, that RNA is just going to fade away in a couple of hours or so. Compared to the viral vector vaccines, this is a, a dead virus. It's uh, a cold virus actually. But within that dead cold virus, the DNA of that cold virus is in there, but there's also some of the spike protein uh, DNA. So this is DNA that's actually in there. And this gets into your cell and it goes into your nucleus of the cell, drops off that DNA, and it tells that nucleus to go ahead and start producing the spike protein. 
again. So all of these vaccines, what they do is they tell your body to produce that little fingernail or that spike protein. So that way your body could elicit that immune response. Compared to CRISPR technology, what that does is you get an injection, it has these uh, scissors called proteases. It can cut part of the DNA out and replace it, that strand of, of DNA with uh, a better strand or a crazier strand. And where that works is let's say you have a certain genetic disorder. Well, by getting injected with that, it can find in your chromosomes where that genetic disorder is at, cut that crap out and put in the right DNA and you might be cured. Or let's say in the future, okay, we could fix you to where maybe you're gonna have wings now, or <laughs> we're gonna turn make you, you know, into have a boy instead of a girl. And um, so that's where the the real difference is. This is definitely not CRISPR technology, but CRISPR technology okay. is is so awesome. For some uh, reason, I thought the 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 COVID vaccines were CRISPR based. I didn't. Yeah. But that, yeah, yeah that's what, are you seeing any applications of CRISPR in, in what you do? I mean, do you, um, that made it no, that far? We, <laughs> there was some studies a few years ago that uh, happened in China and they had, to, uh, it was hard to replicate the process, but what they did were they were using CRISPR technology um, to make it to where it was unlikely for you to get infected with HIV because um, people in Scandinavia, they have a receptor that they're missing on their um, white blood cells or the, the CD4 cells. And without that special receptor, then you're less likely to get infected. So what the Chinese did was they used CRISPR technology to make it so that way when your body produced these uh, immune cells, they were missing that receptor and therefore wow. these children wouldn't get it. But there was, there might've been some um, side effects associated with that. So it's more something in the making right yeah. now. Yeah, and okay. it's not pro proven to be safe where these vaccines <clears throat> and their technology, uh, they, they are safe and, but CRISPR-9, I mean, yeah, CRISPR, we're going to be seeing that a whole lot more in the future and it's going to change everything. And you might even, you might not even know, you might not even have a choice. <laughs> Who knows what the future is going to bring. Yeah, they put it in Doritos. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that, that's, that is, that's fascinating stuff to me. So, but, but there is, is there, was there any major shift in our methodology with the new COVID vaccines or are they just same old, same old, uh, I mean, do they resemble a flu vaccine in all other yeah. respects? Okay. Yeah. So actually the Chinese um, vaccine is more like our traditional type of inactivated yeah. viruses. So it's just a, a, a dead virus kind, kind of technology, but the others are newer. The mRNA ones that are now approved with Pfizer, Moderna, uh, this technology has been out for several years, but it's never actually been successful. Mm. And I think it's really going to change the way that vaccines are made in the future 
because if there's a mutation which causes a variant, you can just fine tune the genetic makeup and then crank out more uh, of the product and get people vaccinated. The viral vector vaccines, um, they're just, they're a little bit different from our traditional ones, um, but but still similar to the inactivated dead viruses that uh, yeah that the Chinese were using. So yeah, we're bringing new technologies into it. That that's what's great about not great about a natural disaster, but anything that's gonna <laughs> shake the planet up, uh, we're gonna discover and be pushed to do new things, and certainly. Um, we got some great technology out there and great medical advances because of, uh, of COVID-19. Well, and it happens so fast. I mean, I know people are complaining that we don't have it all on the streets yet, yeah. but you know, from, yeah, from my perspective, anything happening in science or government is going to take forever. Yeah. And now to put those yeah. two things together. <laughs> so that's huge. Yeah, it's, It took it from 14 years down to just you know, a couple of months with just in, you know, a couple of weeks, they were able to do the, the sequence and and, ha and have an actual product to start testing in people. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it is. It's, it's ridiculous. A miracle. Well, I, and it, what, I mean, the go on my soapbox, you know, I think it's ridiculous that yeah, it get on didn't, it. <laughs> didn't, well, I think it's ridiculous that yeah. it didn't always happen that fast. And then yeah. I also think about the other, the other elements that COVID has made us rethink, like working from home or mm -hmm. yeah. uh, online learning. I mean, yep. you know, I, I've been saying since I was 14 years old, I don't need to work in an office. <laughs> and and sure know. enough, what, what does the data yep. show? We don't really need yep. to be in. A, so then you think about all the, you know, because one of my biggest pet peeves in life is to drive past these giant office buildings, especially uh, in Richmond or DC. And they're, yeah, with and they're, Capital One, it's... They're they're lit exactly up and they're 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 air conditioned twenty four hours a day. Ain't yeah. nobody in yeah. there. So, yeah. yeah, if we don't need all that kind of infrastructure, what does yeah. that open up? You know, for and that, that's what we all thought about. Well, at least that's what I thought about first. You know, right when you know all of this started to happen, there was that novelty. You're like, there's going to be some great data that comes from this. We're going to like change our, yeah. you know, the CO two. <laughs> And the environment, they do need to look at all this stuff. We're going to get some solid real world data here. But um, now that that's kind of like worn off, but but still like what you're saying, <laughs> I, I feel that the same way. I mean, we can we saw that we can change things and, and I hope we don't go back. But right. I'm kind of scared about that with my belief in, you know, new vision of humanity is that it's much like a, a woman um, when they have childbirth, um, it hurts like hell, but, and, but they end up having it again and able to survive <laughs> it again because their body just forgets that's about it. Forgets. That's chemistry. Yeah. That's better yeah. living through chemistry yeah. right yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, my wife had a, uh, a very painful back labor and um, uh. but the body and your mind just kind of forgets it. And I hope that does not happen oh, yeah. you know, with what we learned about with COVID that we go back in a couple of ways or, you know, a generation is only 25 years and we could have another one of these in 25 years or, you know, within 50 years, hopefully not again in our lifetime, but we keep, you know, getting into the rainforest and burning things down. We're going to get a, 
with ice caps melting and this and that, we're going to get exposed to new things that may have been hiding out for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think what else could happen. But at the same time, we, I mean, we were walking along a year and a half ago, you know, completely ignorant or, or, or in denial about something like this happening. And, I, and on one hand, I understand that you don't, you don't go around, you know, expecting to be robbed all the time. Right, <laughs> you know? right. You have to get through life. But it seems like maybe we could have had a, a defense um, against something like this. And I, I kept finding myself saying, who's responsible? You know, is it yeah. the WHO? Who, who mm-hmm. makes those rules? Who says we're going to have a, a, uh, a defense right. against right. Uh, uh, something like this? And people blame Trump or, or reward Trump or whatever, but yeah. it just seems like that's a good idea. I mean, is that something that you, do you have a, a, a feeling about that? I mean, if, if there should be a governing I think, body? you know, much like everything in medicine here in America, I think we're very uh, reactive instead of proactive. Uh, so we had to wait for the crises to develop these um, alarms and, and ways to in the, in the future to hope keep our eyes um, down the road of what, what's going on. And even with the mutations and the variants for COVID-19, America wasn't really, you know, looking too hard for those compared to other countries which had, um, you know, a, a better infrastructure for that. That, that I think may also boil down to because, you know, we have a bunch of states and the fundings may be different uh, kind of situation. But yeah, I, I hope certainly now um, we're keeping our eye on things uh, and taking things a little bit more seriously. Uh, the, the, uh, so I'm putting all this together and I get the, I'm envisioning this, you know, you were talking about bedside manner and how, uh-huh. how, how to communicate um, a scientific finding to a patient, to like and every person, you know, a lay person, maybe there's a way, you know, to communicate the need for these things to mm-hmm. individuals. Cause I still, I, you know, as, as bleak well, as I, I paint things sometimes, I have to believe that if individuals can change and we can all change together, <laughs> you know, that'll roll right. up. But I don't know. I mean, is that it gives me hope uh, that that model? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to keep trying, uh, but you know, damn it, you you always see somebody just not wearing their mask or not wearing it properly, and it's been a year now. Okay, they know the right way to do, <laughs> do it. They? See, they- <laughs> so, so my, my wife was just talking about this. I, I just saw the Texas thing. I don't know if you saw this. I mean, the governor of Texas literally said, "We're done. No, we don't, no, we don't need to wear that. masks. We don't." He, he's he's lifting the mask mandate as of mm-hmm. March tenth. Mm-hmm. And so, my wife says, um, "Well, they just they believe in freedom more than right. they believe in the virus." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "No, I think they believe the virus is a hoax." I mean, so, right. so where, where, where is it? And, and that's, and this is where I get so frustrated is I don't know what anybody's thinking. Like I used yeah, to be you, able to think, oh, mm-hmm. they're behaving that way because of this or that they're behaving that way. Yeah. And I can sort of explain it away or at least empathize. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. I, I can't empathize anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> on this issue. And it's driving me nuts because I usually yeah. can. I mean, it's, do you really think that people value freedom more than they fear getting sick? Or is it denial? Or is it um, disbelief, conspiracy theory? Yeah, I think it's, 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 it feels like it's all of the above. And I'm telling you, you don't, you don't know, or you feel like I'm going to get punched in the face if I approach this person and I try to tell them to wear their mask appropriately. Um, When you're right, it's simply, hey, do you know that that's not, a lot of the virus lives in your nose, so you're breathing it out. (laughs) Uh, from your nose, even if you think you're breathing through your mouth, you're going to breathe through your nose a couple of times there. So there's just those misperceptions out there. And we try to do that with visuals, with pictures and things. Um, but it's, it's very, it's, it's um, disheartening, but, you know, we, we can't give up. And because if we let that person slide, then um you know we could hurt someone could get hurt um someone yeah. else could get sick well, and that's th- people I mean, talk that's... about that no go ahead oh, pe- pe- people that was my old um kind of argument of why don't you want to get the flu vaccine this year what happens if you may not want it but you're standing in line next to a mother who has a child at home who's getting chemo for their leukemia and now that poor child gets sick because of uh, you know you spread that infection that way um, so again trying to breed empathy and and looking out for our fellow man uh, is something that should come natural to you Americans but it just <laughs> doesn't well it's just like it's just like curiosity i mean to me there's a a couple of traits that i i was just born with i don't have any other explanation for that's just how i've always felt and so i know know people that don't have that i'm like okay Uh they they weren't born with it or they didn't have the same opportunities as i did they didn't develop it or they're just assholes because i know i know some of these people especially in the sailing community there's a bunch of old salty 70 plus year old divorced men out there that don't mm-hmm. give a shit about anything. They would right, literally right. watch that video of the baby dying from the flu and being like, it's not my damn fault. Yeah, you know, so, that's so right. But I don't think they represent, you know, a big part of the population. I, no. I, I, I like to think that's so I, going back to what you were saying, this like that communicating the message, you know, and I'm not saying I do it. I'm not saying everybody does it their part yeah and and, and yeah. maybe over time that results in a more curious mm-hmm. population a more empathetic population because i'm with you man 100 percent. those are yeah. traits that define a healthy world yeah <laughs> and not, uh, whether you're selling car parts or or drugs <laughs> or trying to get somebody like a a heart that has hepatitis c in, into them um or the vaccine it, it's really can you communicate with enough empathy and take a step back and look to see you know why do they they think that way and, and not get so up in their in their face and that's you know um one of the 
challenges at work that I really love is having that patient who comes off, you know, really upset when they first come and see me. But by the end, we're friends. Well, that's we're, awesome. We're, we're in good standing. Nobody got punched. <laughs> yeah, nobody got punched. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's just a cool thing that you get to one, you live in a in a very diverse place, a place with a lot of people. So you yeah. probably encounter situations that I, I might run from or, you know, like yeah. not want to, not want to deal head on with a conflict. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're strong enough to, to be able to do that and sort of yeah. push. I've always say, I used to teach my students that, you know, growth happens at our comfort zone. And uh-huh. the cool thing about the cool thing about humans is we know when we're at our comfort zone because we start right. to get uncomfortable. And yeah. so I would tell them, you know, when you start getting uncomfortable, push through that, you know, push across. Yeah. And then I would say, and now you have to give a, you know, a, a talk for 15 minutes in front of the whole class. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a great exercise and push them through their comfort yeah. zone. But we don't, you know, maybe, maybe that's another element that, you know, people get so complacent and safe in their own little world and their own beliefs. Yeah. And yeah, um, they don't want to, which leads to my next question is, do, yeah. do people have to change? I mean, is there a responsibility in every individual human to do that, to, to grow or to question yeah. their beliefs? Oh yeah. My wife and I, um, yeah, she's, um, but you were talking about your wife, evening, evening, evening you out. She has definitely done that for me. And uh, that's why I think we work so great together. And we, we talk about this all the time. Are we able to change are people able to change and we're firm believers that yes if they could again i'm saying it again empathy if they could learn that if they could see where you're coming from or where they're or you could see you know what happened to them historically mm-hmm. um and you you could maybe change yourself for the benefit for the the benefit of everybody and hopefully change that that other person and we just can't sit here and yell at each other forever um <laughs> it, it doesn't work for me yeah we're all going to get like guarded and uh not be able to you know tell our story so and, and i think that's kind of where we're headed is or where, where, where we are and yeah and i just say this me personally is isolated not be just yeah. because of COVID, but COVID. So yeah, as, as individual people get more and more isolated from each other that, and um, this is like a, um, a preview of sort of where, where I've been the last week. I have this idea that says, because you said we're talking about change and people changing uh-huh. and whether that's inherent or not, or if it's an option, mm-hmm. if you think about 200,000 years, well, fuck, uh, however, several trillion years of evolution, what's the one constant? Change. You know, what is the whole, if you, if you ask me, DNA was built to deal with change. And Uh so if we are genetic organisms, and so, but, but somewhere along the line, something happened where we said, no, I want stability. I don't want to change Mm -hmm. anymore. And so we created all of these artificial illusions of stability, right? And we and we still do that. I I have identity politics. I'm a Democrat. Yeah. Damn it! And that's yeah. all I'm ever uh-huh. going to be. <laughs> so it's almost yeah. like we're denying. And then you wonder, well, is that creating more problems than it's solving, or what is that doing? 
Yeah. And so, yeah. so it's some, somehow I want to formalize the argument that we have to change. There's, there's not an yeah. option. And, and you need big events, just like with your DNA through evolution. Evolution either comes because something's trying to eat you or radiation yeah. is hitting your DNA and it's causing right. a mutation. Uh, with COVID-19, <laughs> it's caused a lot of change in our behaviors. Um, and some people are more resilient <laughs> in not being great, able to change their word. behaviors. And, um, you know, it's going to take them longer or they're just not going to survive if you're talking about, you know, um, evolution. They'll be the weaker side that that dies out because they're not willing to adapt and change. They'll be canceled. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> to put it in the co- the pop. Yeah, the public yeah, vernacular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's something. I think there's something there, and and you know, uh, there's there's snippets of that you hear. You know, it's like what you resist persists, mm. and this this whole idea it just hit me lately that we're all fighting really hard, which is cascading into a whole bunch of you, you name the problem. Yeah, and I, and I wonder yeah. to what degree it has to do with resisting change, and then my impatience with the world not changing and then COVID yay (laughs) in a way everything's changed I love it yeah I I just think it's 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 difficult because um you know with all the different social media platforms out there you don't have to change because you could get find your group and stick with that group and you can feed each other in that group where I and I think this is just you know uh, just part of the evolution of social media is that I would like it to be to a point to where we get past this bubble part to where we we all can see parts of our own humanity in, in each other. Like oh, we all fall down at some point, but I just don't think we're we're there yet. And I'm really interested to see how it's going to affect my kids as they get up, all the TikToks yeah. that they're watching and. Um, do they see color anymore? Do they see this as, you know, an African-American child or an Asian child here? And is it just all different humans to -hmm. them? And is that helpful to them? And I, and I hope it is because they can, uh, compared to just staying in this political group on, on this social web page or that page, hopefully our children are seeing more diversity than than we had access to how old um, is your oldest i have a uh 13 year old son and okay. a um 10 year old daughter yeah because um, my my oldest is eight i've got 18 17 and 14 and i can say a hundred percent like i don't know how it's going to affect them in the future but they it's not like they haven't been affected by race or sexual orientation or any of those yeah. things they just don't look at that as mattering yeah, and it's I ama- think that's amazing. But yeah, and I feel like that's what they learned from social media that some of that diversity has that's the positive thing. Yeah. It just needs to creep out to the older generations or the older generations <laughs> yeah. need to just die out and hopefully because racism feels like it's it's bred into our culture uh and that's by speaking out about racism or speaking out about these negative things that can help the process. But man, it is just so bred in some people that 
it's mm-hmm. like that generation just needs to pass before we can completely get it out of our system. Well, a buddy so of I, mine says it's just attachment that, that, that yeah. people, people, it's not so much the particular, it's the, they are attached to their identity that's tied up with their granddad's beliefs or yeah. you know, whatever they grew yeah. up with. They, and they, yeah. and for me, I'm like, how could you not one day just go, Hey, that guy wasn't racist to that guy. That was cool. What's yeah. that about? Yeah. How could you not like, yeah, let's wonder, change <laughs> or just, yeah, just wonder yeah. like, Hey, he's not like me. That's cool. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like, like, like you just like listening to what I know about you from an hour. It's like, I want to know yeah. as much as I possibly can about how you do your life. Cause it's yeah. different in the different yeah. ways and, and just yeah. be like, Oh, that's bad. That sounds better. I'm going to try that. Or I, I, yeah. It blows my mind that I could no longer identify with everybody. <laughs> I thought yeah. I had that was my superpower. Yeah. But, but I can't. <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I feel like my opinion about things just changes in, in real time. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I can come into a conversation feeling this way and then hear someone else's opinion. Like, Whoa, wow. Man. And I think uh, I like that about my myself. And um but some people just get stuck. Well, it's, it's, and, and, and I, hate, I hate get to get rid be, of that attachment. Yeah. And, and I, you know, again, I'm not faulting anybody. I get it. Lots of different reasons, but I think it comes down and I hate to be so cliche, but it's Brene Brown and the vulnerability thing. It's mm-hmm. a lot of times things go back to that idea of just being willing to say, I don't know, being willing to be wrong, being willing to share some element of your humanity with another person in a, a as a means of identifying or you know, yeah. find common ground. All of these things are not things we learn to do in college yeah. or school or our families. And yeah. uh, we, we certainly can. And I think, you know, some people do and some people don't, but there's something there that is somehow some antithesis to whatever other movements, you know, the world is going through that are making us more isolated or, or some of the things you said sort of more separate um, right. There are, there are these counter moves. There, there's dark matter <laughs> yeah. in our, in our universe. That's actually light. Yeah. Uh, for what that's worth. <laughs> what, what else did we not get to get to that you wanted to talk about? But I'm sure you, we both have, you know, families. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun for me. I mean, I could just go and I could see why you find it, uh, uh, very interesting to do because um when you meet a new person yeah you just want to you could keep learning new things and tell your story or um and just get a different perspective so i say just keep on doing it and have <laughs> tons of fun with it thanks man well i mean um, i i feel bad it's almost like we say in music sometimes it's like masturbation nobody wants to watch you do it i mean good for you yeah. But, yeah. but but i hope that people that watch this can, mm-hmm. can sort of see what what happens and you know learn yeah. something from you certainly i mean you you gave us five minutes on vaccines yeah. that i think is was awesome that you could do that right. in real time that fast but then yeah just just knowing that and and for me selfishly I don't, I don't get out much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, one last thing is um, yeah. me and my friend, we always joke about making a, what's your business idea? Uh, and we come up with just stupid business ideas, but I had one business idea a number of years ago and I thought it would be like at an airport 
is that you're usually traveling by yourself, especially if you're, you know, uh, a business class type of person and you would go to eat in the, the restaurant there. And wouldn't it be nice to have somebody to talk to you so, so they would have iPads up and you could just oh. pick somebody at another airport or the same restaurant chain to just wow. have a random conversation, just like what we're doing. Yeah. But the problem with that is, is that you and I, we communicated before this. We're like, hey, I'm yeah, interested in meeting. Compared <laughs> to if you're going to have like a dude, you know, going to her, he's going to, it's going to be like those dating things. He's just going to look for like an attractive woman to have a conversation. No, with. but you would, it would have to be random. I love this. And I think, yeah. dude, it'd have to be random and there'd have to be a prompt and you'd have to agree yeah. to, to follow it. Just yeah, all you need like, is a prompt. Because what did we have? Two yeah. text messages. I mean, and yeah. Brian, Brian sort of set it up. I mean, so right. he knew, he knew that there would be chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, we had, also, we had I also had, I also had like an, a, a party a number of years ago when I heard on NPR of this, uh, it was called, um, it's not Russian roulette. It was roulette, something and what it was was uh an internet site to where it was just that you could bring up people and one guy would be djing in his living room the next it would be hmm. um you know these teenagers hanging out in another room but you know the whole thing was meeting with people all across the world so i was going to have a party to where my tv was up and we could have people around the world oh, wow. like, join it wow. unfortunately though Every other swipe that you did with this roulette was some guy masturbating on his bed. <laughs> and it was just, you know. Of course. Of course. It was just a dick shot. <laughs> you know? That's terrible. And, well, and the, and the, that's that's another great thing. It's like it's like uh, this guy, another Dan that I interviewed, Dan Fail. Mm -hmm. He yeah. said, I was talking about how great COVID was because I figured out Zoom. Because I yeah. had to figure out Zoom to see my therapist for a regular appointment. And he's yeah. like, yeah, COVID is great. He's like, get, let me tell you something. Zoom's been around for like five years. <laughs> and so has Skype and all these other things that we yeah. never used uh -huh. it for this. Yeah. But now yeah. I think all of a sudden, so another another good artifact of COVID. I mean, I think more yeah. and more people are doing stuff like this, which is uh, awesome. But so yeah, I can't. a good change. And, and, and another thing I didn't ask you, we don't have to talk about it now. Do you, do you play uh -huh. music? Is that? Um, I don't. I took some piano lessons in my life, but I pressed the keys too hard. Uh, I do love music and listen to music all day at work. Uh, I do uh, some amateur DJing. Oh, sweet. Turntables. Cool. I have right programs on. Uh, on my iPad and on my phone. I'm teaching my daughter how to do it. Awesome. Uh, she's going to be a little DJ. Yeah. Uh, so I love, I have a passion for music in that yeah. way. It really, uh, makes me think more clearly and when it's not on at work i just get depressed and slow down my productivity so yes yeah. you know it's really important to me and and uh at some point in my life like if i ever won a trillion dollars i would definitely take piano lessons every day uh, yeah. to try to master that it's, you so. need the trillion time you need a time that. Yeah, I need time and I need a couple million. I don't need a trillion. <laughs> that would be a whole nother philanthropic job that I'd have. Well, yeah, and that could be a whole nother interview session or podcast yeah. session because yeah. I think what you just described makes you a musician. Yeah. You know, if if music that's why I don't understand it's like whether you play or listen, it's really mm -hmm. to the different sides of the same coin. 
right? Yeah. So you probably find that it was piano may be bold. Try mandolin, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Pick an easy I'll get Brian to help me with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, man, you know, I I haven't seen Willie in a long time, but one one of these days I'll be up in Richmond yeah. and we'll hang Great. out. Great. And that'll Great. be sweet. And it's how cool yeah. is it that we met this way? That's yeah, awesome. this is awesome, man. And I'll uh I'll um text you and let you know when all this is coming out if you're interested. Okay. And uh, so yeah, if, sure. You know, you can it's easier for you to just look for it on my website. But I think it'll probably be okay. like a month. I can't remember. Okay. All right. in the schedule. But I, I really appreciate you doing it. I had a great time. Yep. Me too. All and tell right, your man. Whole, tell your family thanks for giving me I will. an hour of you. <laughs> Yours too. I, this was a, this, see, this would have never happened if there wasn't COVID because we just, you, you learned all this stuff and we hung out tonight. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's fucking great, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, Dan. All right. Take care. Yeah, you too. See you, man.